The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, May 27th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks are on track for their first weekly gain in two months. Citigroup downgrades U.S. equities on the risk of recession. The U.S. and Taiwan plan talks to increase economic ties. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott will reportedly not address the NRA's meeting in person today. AAA says people will pack the roads for the long Memorial Day weekend, plus the WHO confirmed nine cases of monkeypox in the U.S. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm Scott Sadenberg. The Yankees win and the Rangers face elimination. I'll have that and more coming up in sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight Conference back in person June 15th through the 17th at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas. Don't miss it. Register now at insight.bnymellon.com. And U.S. futures are higher this morning, 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 17 points, Dow futures up 66, NASDAQ futures up 75. The 10-year Treasury, little change, yield 2.74%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.46%. Nathan. Okay, and the S&P 500's on track for its first weekly gain in nearly two months. The index rose 2% yesterday for its biggest gain in 10 days. Max Wasserman is founder and senior portfolio manager at Miramar Capital. I'm optimistic in the long term. It doesn't mean you could get it more downside, and we could see another 5 to 7% on the downside. But we think we're through the majority of the problem. I mean, it's been a bad market. I mean, the, the NASDAQ was down 30%, and the S&P was close to down 20 It could still go further, but we're not, we're not bailing on this market. Miramar Capital's Max Wasserman made the comments on Bloomberg Business Week. Catch the program weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. Meantime, Nathan's Citigroup is getting more bearish on stocks, and we get the details live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Citigroup cut its recommendation on U.S. stocks to neutral on the risk of a recession. Strategists there join an increasing number of banks in warning of a growth slowdown. They say with this high level of uncertainty and a lack of reassurance from the Federal Reserve, the market is showing elements of a deflating bubble. But opinion on U.S. equities remains divided. Some Wall Street analysts are betting on a rebound. They believe that the odds of a recession are overstated. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. Thanks. Solid retail earnings helped sentiment yesterday. Today, retail results are not helping. Gap shares are down 19% after the company's first quarter profit missed estimates. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
It shows that operational missteps and higher costs are hurting the apparel retailer. The company, which also owns the Banana Republic and Old Navy brands, posted a loss of 44 cents a share in the quarter ending April 30th, below analyst average estimates. Full-year earnings are now seen at between 40 and 70 cents a share, well below the $1.85 to $2.05 range previously provided. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, you U.S. futures are still higher despite those results from GAAP. Sentiment was also strong overnight in Asia after solid earnings from Chinese tech companies. We get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. The regional benchmark index posted its best gain in a week, rising for the first time in four sessions to set itself up for a second weekly advance. Alibaba and Baidu shares rallied in Hong Kong, lifting the Hang Seng Tech Index after both beat sales forecasts. Japanese equities also rose as the nation announced it would reopen to select tourists on package tours from June 10. And Australian retailers recorded a fourth consecutive month of sales gains, highlighting underlying momentum in the economy and a degree of resilience among consumers. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thanks. In Shanghai, we're seeing more signs of the extreme steps being taken to keep factories running during COVID lockdowns. Workers at an Apple supplier, Quanta Computer, have started to revolt against their bosses after being locked down in their factory for almost two months. They've been fighting with guards and rushing past isolation barriers in search of daily necessities. The current system forces workers to live and sleep on factory sites. And now, Nathan, China's coming under even more pressure from the White House. As Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is vowing to influence China's behavior by shaping the world around Beijing. Blinken says this is a charged moment for the globe and says while he would like to work with China, Beijing cannot be trusted. We stand ready to increase our direct communication with Beijing across a full range of issues. And we hope that that can happen. But... We cannot rely on Beijing to change its trajectory. Blinken says alliances like the Quad, this at the same time the U.S. and Taiwan have announced plans to enter into economic talks, enhancing economic cooperation and supply chain resiliency. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Meantime, the war in Ukraine rages on, and now the U.S. is rejecting a food-for-sanctions relief plan by Russian President Vladimir Putin. The proposal would facilitate fertilizer and grain exports, but if sanctions on Russia are lifted, that's the condition. The U.S. says the Kremlin's blocking the shipments and stoking concerns of a global food shortage. Well, we turn now closer to home, Nathan, with the latest on the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. The National Rifle Association is holding its annual convention in Houston today, but Texas Governor Greg Abbott won't be there. The Dallas Morning News says he's dropped plans to address the event in person. He'll give a pre-recorded speech instead. Meantime, Senate Democrats say there's room for a compromise on gun control legislation, and we spoke with Maryland Democrat Ben Cardin. What I'd like to see done is certainly close the loopholes in the background check. Red flags are, are, are consistent with that. We need to deal with the military-style uh, and high-capacity uh, magazines that are out there that are, are the uh, weapon of choice for those who want to commit mass murders. Senator Ben Cardin of Maryland spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And in the interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control. And one more note out of Washington this morning, Karen. The White House is scrambling to do something about record high gas prices this election year. Bloomberg News has learned the Biden administration has reached out to the
the oil industry about restarting closed refineries. The average price of a gallon of regular unleaded stood at a record $4.60 as of Wednesday. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 65 degrees in Central Park. We've got accident cleanup on the westbound LIE at the BQE. The off-ramp is closed there. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. If you're traveling this Memorial Day weekend, get ready for busy airports and roads despite the rising costs of gas and airfare. The AAA says more than 39 million people will travel 50 miles or more during the holiday weekend weekend. AAA spokesman Andrew Gross says the majority of them will be hitting the roads. Despite these record high gasoline prices, we are expecting, based on what we're seeing for Memorial Day, that it's going to be a very robust travel period for summer. People just want to get out and go. A gallon of regular now tops $4 in all 50 states. New York City will bid to host the Democratic National Convention at Madison Square Garden in 2024. Mayor Eric Adams says this is a Team New York moment. This is not about Democrat or Republican. It's about how do we bring resources to our city. The last time New York City hosted the Democratic Convention was in 1992 when former President Bill Clinton was nominated. Federal health officials say there are now nine presumptive cases of monkeypox in the U.S., including one in New York City. The city's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene said that officials will be treating this as a probable case and will continue its contact tracing efforts. Globally, the WHO says it has confirmed about 200 monkeypox cases. The WHO's Dr. Maria Van Kerhoof has addressed misinformation about the spread of the virus. She notes that it can be spread through sexual contact, but it is not an STD. And although it's not a new virus, it's now popping up in countries where it does not usually spread. We are asking countries to expand surveillance so that we are looking for cases of monkeypox, um, cases of rash, um, particularly in uh, people who present at sexual health clinics or emergency departments. Dr. Maria Vankerhoff answered questions on the WHO's Facebook page. A California parole panel has recommended the release of Charles Manson follower Patricia Krentwinkle. She rolled helter-skelter on a wall using the blood of one of her victims, including actor Sharon Tate in 1969. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you very much. And it's almost 610 on Wall Street. Now time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Thanks, Nathan. Nasty Nestor lives up to his name. Nestor Cortez threw eight innings of one-run balls. The Yankees beat the Rays 7-2 at the Trop. Cortez allowed just four hits, retiring 14 straight at one point. Here was Aaron Boone. I think how efficient he got. You know, I had to work a little bit in that first inning, and then he just dialed in from, from a command standpoint and, and kind of cruised there uh, for much of the game. Um, but I thought he was really sharp. Prior to the game, the Yankees signing former Cardinals all-star Matt Carpenter. He went 0-2 for 2 with a walk as the designated hitter. The Mets were off last night. They begin a set with the Phillies tonight at City Field. The Rangers are on the brink of elimination. After falling to Carolina 3-1 last night, game six at the Garden. 
Garden tomorrow night. Elsewhere, the Oilers on to the Western Conference Finals after beating the Flames 5-4 in overtime. NBA last night, the Warriors beat the Mavericks to earn a trip back to the NBA Finals for the sixth time in the last eight seasons. Tonight, the Celtics look to close out the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Tennis at the French Open make it 30 straight for Iga Sviatek. The world's number one defeated Allison Risk to extend the longest winning streak in women's tennis since Serena won 34 matches in a row back in 2013. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Scott? Thanks for that. S&P futures right now up 11 points. Dow futures up 37. NASDAQ futures leading the gains this morning. They are higher by 53 points. And the 10-year Treasury right now is up uh, 230 seconds. Yield now just shy of 2.74%. Yield on the two-year, 2.45%. Stay with us. A Bloomberg News exclusive coming up here on Bloomberg Day. Break a one-on-one conversation with the Prime Minister of the U.K., Boris Johnson. That's next. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Showers and storms developing this afternoon with a high near 80 degrees. Afternoon showers possible tomorrow as well with a high near 80. Sunshine prevails Sunday. Right now it's 65 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and stocks are rallying as dip buyers return with European shares heading for the best weekly advance since mid-March, and U.S. stock index futures are also on the rise. S&P futures up about 13 points this morning. Dow futures up 37. And NASDAQ futures up 56. The DAX in Germany is up 7 tenths percent. CAC in Paris up 9 tenths percent. And the FTSE 100 is up a tenth of a percent. And we want to see what individual stocks are moving this morning with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets reporter Kriti Gupta. Market, uh, Kriti, good morning. Good morning. Let's start with the retailer story. Gap, of course, reporting GPS after the bell last night down 19 percent to guidance cut. That was more than expected. Expected, prompting brokers to lower their targets and downgrade the stock. Of course, that wall of worry we've been talking about for retailers hitting gap across the board. Inflation, the margin story, inventory, supply chain, you name it. A similar story for Costco. COST is your ticker, down 1.8%. The margin story hitting them too. Freight costs really uh, in, in the spotlight there. We also have to talk about DDDIDI, the Chinese ride trailer, up 6.5% after the Bloomberg report that the state-owned automaker China FAW Group is considering acquiring a significant stake in the ride-hailing company. Keep an eye on those shares. And, of course, we also have to keep an eye on Zscaler. ZS is your ticker, up 3.6%. The security software company reporting third-quarter results that beat expectations coming off of strength in multi-product deals, according to analysts. Karen. All right, Credit Group. Thank you. And, of course, we'll be checking back in with you in about 20 minutes from now for an update. Taking a look at Treasuries, the 10-year yield moving lower this morning at 2.73% right now. The yield on the two-year, 2.45%. Nymex crude oil is lower, down half percent now, down 60 cents at $113.55 a barrel. Comex Gold is up half percent, or $8.90, at $18.62.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0711 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2606. The yen 127.09 and watching Bitcoin is always down one and a half percent at 
$29,000. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Texas Governor Greg Abbott reportedly dropped plans to address the National Rifle Association's annual meeting in person. The event starting today in Houston comes just days after the deadly school shooting in Uvalde. A week filled with goodbyes continues for families and friends of victims of the racist attack on a Buffalo supermarket. Funeral services set for today for three of those killed. The U.S. rejected a plan by Russian President Vladimir Putin to facilitate grain and fertilizer exports only if sanctions on his country are lifted. The U.S. blames the Kremlin for blocking shipments and stoking concerns of global food shortages. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers are on the brink of elimination. New York lost to the Hurricanes in Game 5. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors are in the finals. They won the West, beating the Mavericks 121-10. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Rays. New York and Tampa Bay dedicated their Twitter feeds last night, posting gun awareness messages rather than baseball stats. The Red Sox and Nationals won. The A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is 621 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get more now on the war in Ukraine and the response from Europe. Boris Johnson wants even more military support for Ukraine as it continues to battle Russia. Forces. The U.K. Prime Minister sat down for an exclusive interview with Bloomberg News this morning. We spoke with him aboard a train as he travels today. Let's listen into part of that conversation right now. I think it's very, very important that we do not get into, we do not get lulled because of the incredible heroism of the Ukrainians yeah. in uh, in pushing the Russians back from the gates of Kiev. Yeah. Uh, because of their, their amazing valor of uh, President Zelensky, we should not believe that this problem has gone away. On the contrary, mm. I'm afraid that uh, Putin, at great cost to himself and to, uh, to, to Russian military, is continuing to chew through ground. Uh, in Donbass. He's continuing to make uh, gradual, uh, slow, but I'm afraid palpable progress. And therefore, it is absolutely vital uh, that we continue to support the Ukrainians yeah. uh, militarily. And, and indeed, I think that they what they need now is the uh, type of uh, rocketry, um, uh, a multiple launch rocket system, MLRS, yes. um, that uh, will enable them to uh, defend themselves against this very brutal Russian artillery okay. and that's where the world needs to needs to go now okay final question and this is about president zelensky you, yes you've stood shoulder to shoulder with him but there's certain calls around europe perhaps from france from germany to maybe settle with putin try and try and uh... but i would say to any I, I, to any such uh you know proponent of of a deal with putin how can you deal yeah. How can you deal with a crocodile uh, when it's in the middle of eating your left leg? Uh, you know, what's the, what's the negotiation? Uh, and, and that is what Putin is doing. And any kind of... He will try to freeze the conflict. He will try and call for a ceasefire while he remains in possession of, uh, of substantial parts of, of Ukraine. And you say that to Emmanuel um, Macron? And I, I make that point.
point to all my friends and, uh, and colleagues in the, in the G7 and at NATO. And by the way, everybody gets that. Once, once you go through the logic, you can see that the, it's very, very difficult so you must to, get a, to, to get a negotiated solution. We desperately need, need it to end. Uh, we de- the world needs it to end. Yeah. But the, 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 the one way that it can end is for Putin to accept that, uh, let us say that the denazification of Ukraine yeah. has taken place. Oh, I see. Uh, and that he's able to withdraw with dignity and honor. And that would be... And what's, what's that, your, that's, what's, that's what needs to happen. I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that there were any Nazis in Ukraine. No. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the interesting things about the situation is the very strong support that Putin commands in Russia for what he, uh, for anything that he says or does. Yeah. Uh, I think he has the political margin of maneuver uh, to make an end to this. And that was Boris Johnson speaking exclusively this morning with Bloomberg News. Uh, We spoke with the U.K. Prime Minister as he's traveling today. Stay tuned for more from that conversation. We'll have it for you throughout the day on Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television. Looking ahead to the market open on this Friday, futures are higher. We have S&P futures right now up 11 points. Dow futures up 30. NASDAQ futures are higher by 55 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield now 2.73% on the 10-year note. Yield on the two-year, 2.45%. NYMEX crude lower at the moment, down four-tenths percent at $113.59 a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly cloudy today. Showers and thunderstorms developing this afternoon with highs in the upper 70s. Afternoon showers and storms possible tomorrow as well. Highs again in the upper 70s. Sunshine Sunday, right now 65 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Broker Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash global trader. Well, up first, U.S. futures are higher as we close out a trading week that has the S&P 500 on track for its first weekly gain in two months. However, one Wall Street firm sees more pain ahead for investors. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Citigroup cut its recommendation on U.S. stocks to neutral on the risk of a recession. Strategists there join an increasing number of banks in warning of a growth slowdown. They say with this high level of uncertainty and a lack of reassurance from the Federal Reserve, the market is showing elements of a deflating bubble. But opinion on U.S. equities remains divided. Some Wall Street analysts are betting on a rebound. They believe that the odds of a recession are overstated. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, retail earnings helped boost sentiment yesterday. This morning, it's a much different story. Shares of Gap are down 18% in early trading. The retailer lowered its full-year forecast after posting profit that missed estimates. 
Well, geopolitics also in focus this morning, Nathan, with the latest U.S. challenge to China. The Biden administration and Taiwan are announcing negotiations to increase economic ties. Talks would focus on enhancing economic cooperation and supply chain resiliency, but would fall short of a free trade agreement. Beijing has warned Washington about its relationship with Taiwan. And Karen, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has dropped plans to attend today's National Rifle Association Convention. The Dallas Morning News reports he's going to give a pre-recorded speech instead while he visits it's the school in Uvalde where 19 children and two adults were killed this week. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner is rejecting calls to cancel the convention. We just don't have that luxury or that option just to cancel a convention that has been on the books for two years uh, where we are contractually obligated. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner says the NRA could delay the convention if it wants, but he doesn't think that'll happen. In the interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, parent of Bloomberg Radio, is a donor to groups that support gun control. And again, futures are higher with S&P futures up 11 points this morning, Dow futures up 28, and NASDAQ futures up 57, 10-year Treasury up 4.30 seconds, yield 2.73%. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Your local news straight ahead. This is Bloomberg. Okay, Karen, thanks. It's 633 on Wall Street, 65 degrees in Central Park. We've got 20-minute delays for New Jersey transit in and out of the city. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. In spite of high inflation and surging gas prices, AAA expects millions of Americans will travel this Memorial Day weekend. Spokesman Andrew Gross says AAA estimates 39.2 million people in the U.S. will travel 50 miles or more from home during the holiday weekend. Weekend. Of that, 88% are expected to go by car. We've never had a Memorial Day travel period where so many people are going to be going by car. At the same time, you have these high gas prices. AAA spokesman Gross says people just want to get out and go. New York City will bid to host the Democratic National Convention in Madison Square Garden in 2024. Mayor Eric Adams says this is a team New York moment, not a Democrat or Republican. The last time New York City hosted the Democratic Convention was in 1992 when former President Bill Clinton was nominated. Federal health officials say there are now nine confirmed cases of monkeypox in the U.S., including one presumptive case in New York City. Globally, the WHO says it has confirmed about 200 monkeypox cases from more than 220 countries. Uh, the WHO's Dr. Maria Vankerhoff is addressing misinformation about the spread of the virus. This is not a sexually transmitted infection. Um, we do know that monkeypox does transmit primarily from physical contact, skin-to-skin contact, um, and that includes sexual contact. Dr. Maria Vankerhoff answered questions on the WHO's Facebook page. Again, the latest monkeypox cases from more than 20 countries. Expect more baby formula to be flown into the U.S. to ease the shortage problem. The White House says more Operation Fly formula shipments should arrive, but did not disclose when that will be. Hours after FDA Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf was grilled by senators about the response to the infant formula shortage, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden still has confidence in him for the job. Yes, yes and yes. Um, so the FDA has an important mission, right, is to make sure that the infant formula on the shelf isn't just available, but also that it's safe. 
White House spokeswoman Jean-Pierre says our focus right now is getting more infant formula supplies to families across the country as quickly as possible. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Good morning, Nathan. The Rangers are on the brink of elimination after falling to Carolina 3-1 last night. The Hurricanes dominated for the majority of the game, according to Gerard Gallant. Well, I didn't think we played our game at all. I thought we were reaching with sticks all night instead of finishing checks with the body like we did the other nights. Obviously, we, uh, to me, it was the worst game. In the five games so far in the series. Game six at the Garden tomorrow night. Elsewhere, the Oilers on to the Western Conference Finals after beating the Flames 5-4 in overtime. Baseball, Nestor Cortez threw eight innings of one-run balls. The Yankees beat the Rays 7-2 at the drop. Prior to the game, the Yankees signing former Cardinals all-star Matt Carpenter. He went 0-2 with a walk as the designated hitter. The Mets were off last night. They begin a set with the Phillies tonight at City Field. NBA last night, the Warriors beat the Mavericks to earn a trip back to the NBA Finals for the sixth time in the last eight seasons. Tonight, the Celtics look to close out the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Tennis at the French Open make it 30 straight for Iga Sviatek. The world's number one defeated Allison Risk to extend the longest winning streak in women's tennis since Serena won 34 matches in a row back in 2013. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, Scott. Thanks. 637 on Wall Street and Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is back with us this morning for more of a look at some of the stocks moving in the pre-market. Kriti, good morning. We mentioned the drop in Gap shares this morning on earnings. What else has your eye? Well, let's just take a beat and give maybe a little bit more attention to the gap story because sure. it's it's fascinating to me. GPS is your ticker, folks, down 18%. We've been covering it all morning on Bloomberg Television and radio. And this is important, at least to me, and I'm sure to the broader uh, consumer as well, but the wall of worry that we were seeing, inflation, supply chain issues, um, margin pressure, uh, the COVID-19 lockdowns, a, a slowing consumer, all of that is showing up in gap earnings. And I think to me, it's not just the guidance cut that was more than expected that, of course, is is tanking the stock this morning, but it's also this kind of nugget. Indulge me here, Nathan. This okay. nugget here on store closures I think is so important. We haven't heard about store closures since – I want to say 2020, the pandemic onslaught, and Gap actually saying that they're going to close 50 Gap and Banana Republic stores, but open 40 Athleta and Old Navy stores. For international audience, Athleta and Old Navy are kind of the, uh, I don't want to say cheaper, but more, <laughs> but inexpensive relative to, to Gap and Banana Republic. So it's interesting yeah. that they're making that divergence. They put a lot of weight in Old Navy lately anyway, had a little bit of an executive shakeup as well. But the fact that they are kind of making that pivot and kind of perhaps pulling away from the Gap and Banana Republic in some ways, it's interesting. Compare that to what you saw from Macy's and Nordstrom, where they're saying, well, the wealthy consumer is actually quite uh, insulated from some of these issues. So that was very important to me. GPS is your ticker, down 18%. Thanks for indulging me on my little <laughs> journey there with, with Gap. Okay. Well, let's take a look at uh, some, at, I guess, outside of the, the retail sector. What else are you looking at? we got to talk about Didi here. Um, this is such an important story as we talk about Chinese ADRs broadly. DIDI is your ticker. Up 8% this morning. Bloomberg reporting that the state-owned automaker China FAW Group is considering acquiring a significant stake in the ride-hailing company. This is important as we talk about how much kind of 
government uh, use there is or government stake there is for a lot of these Chinese companies, especially ones that have perhaps listings in the United States or perhaps will be delisted in Didi. If Didi is a case study for some of those other Chinese tech companies, what's next is going to be the question. Nevertheless, DIDI is your ticker up 8%. Nathan, I also want to stick to the tech story and talk okay. about Zscaler. ZS is your ticker up Four percent this morning. This is a security software company. It makes a lot of cloud products. It also has a lot to do with cybersecurity. They reported third quarter results that beat expectations. They raised their full year forecast. Remember, this is coming in the wake of the war in Ukraine. It's also coming post pandemic where you have a lot of companies saying, okay, now that we're in this new work from home structure, we have this new kind of era of technology. Maybe we should really accelerate our switch to cloud and to cybersecurity. Nevertheless, ZS seeing that on their balance sheet up four percent. Creedy, as always, good to have you on in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta keeping an eye on the names moving before the cash open. Looking ahead to that for uh, stocks as a whole, futures moving higher. We have S&P futures up 11 points, Dow futures up 27. NASDAQ futures leading the gains up 58 points. That is a gain of just about a half percent. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak on this Friday morning. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly cloudy today. Showers and thunderstorms possible this afternoon with a high near 80 degrees. More showers and storms possible tomorrow with a high near 80. Sunshine Sunday, right now 65 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are higher this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Modest gains in the U.S. futures right now with Dow futures up 28 points. SEBs gained 12 while NASDAQ futures are higher by 59. The U.S. 10 yield at 2.73%. Gold is up 9. Oil is down. And Bitcoin is trading lower by 1.9%. Hong Kong rose 2.9% overnight, while European markets are posting modest gains this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, wholesale inventories and PCE. And at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the last night, Costco EPS beat estimates and Dell Revenue beat estimates. In the auto space, Toyota cut its global output plan for June again. And Ford beat Tesla by delivering its first electric truck. Wrapping things up, CVS was cut to market perform at Bernstein, and Macy's was raised to equal weight over at Morgan Stanley. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Texas Governor Greg Abbott will no longer appear in person at the NRA convention that begins today in Houston. Instead, Abbott says he'll return to Uvalde, Texas, to meet with families impacted by this week's school shooting. Meanwhile, when it comes to gun laws, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is urging colleagues to find common ground, directing Texas Senator John Cornyn to work with Democrats. In the NHL playoffs, the Rangers are on the brink of elimination. New York lost to the Hurricanes 3-1 in Game 5. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors are in the finals. They won in the West, beating the Mavericks 120-110. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Rays 7-2. New York and Tampa Bay dedicated their Twitter feeds last night, posting gun awareness messages rather than baseball stats. The Red Sox and Nationals won. The A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air 
and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, one of the nation's leading polytechnic universities and a top military-friendly school. Learn more at njit.edu slash veterans. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The White House has announced more steps to make the antiviral treatment of Paxlovid more accessible across the U.S. as it projects COVID. COVID infections will continue to spread over the summer travel season. The nation's first federally-backed test-to-treat site is opened in Rhode Island, providing patients with immediate access to the drug once they test positive. More federally-supported sites are set to open in the coming weeks in Massachusetts and New York City. Microsoft will slow hiring in its Windows Office and Teams chat and conferencing software groups, citing a need to realign staffing priorities as it approaches a new fiscal year and a time of global economic uncertainty. Spokesperson said the slowdown is not company-wide, and overall the software maker will continue to hire. And Ford has beaten Tesla to the punch. The automaker has delivered its first F-150 electric pickup. The owner is a Michigan man who had a deposit down on the Tesla Cybertruck and considered buying a Rivian, too. Electrifying the F-150 is a big deal for Ford. It's been America's best-selling vehicle for four decades. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include Senate Democrats eyeing the potential for a compromise on gun safety after the Uvalde shooting, the U.S. planning economic talks with Taiwan in the latest challenge to China, and the White House eyeing restarting idle refineries to tame sky-high fuel prices. Let's get more on all these stories now. We're joined by Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick, who remains a busy man despite the fact that uh, Congress is going off on recess. Jack, good morning. What is this potential for gun safety compromise, given that the Senate has started going out of town now? Yeah, uh, they have left town in an official capacity, but some members may be staying in town or at least communicating with each other over the uh, 10-day recess. It seems that John Cornyn has sort of been deputized as the Republican in the Senate who will take the lead in these discussions. Uh, uh, Chris Murphy has been very involved, a number of bipartisan senators, though, involved in these talks. It's about something very limited in scope. We know that. Uh, There have been discussions on red flag laws uh, about instances in which law enforcement can take uh, guns away from people based on criminal history or other uh, red flags, as the name suggests. Uh, Unclear if this would be uh, potentially a federal red flag law or uh, if you listen to someone like Lindsey Graham, uh, he has mentioned maybe incentivizing states to pass those red red flag laws. Uh, So it's nothing that would you know, drastically reduce the 400 million guns in America. It's not something that gun control advocates would necessarily get excited about, but those conversations are happening to see what they realistically could get through the Senate with 60 votes uh, and and try to come up with a a sort of slimmed-down compromise. Why do you see the momentum for some kind of compromise uh, moving forward in the Senate, Jack? We have an NRA convention happening today just days after the shooting in Uvalde, and it's in the same state of Texas where this is happening. And we know that President Biden 
is going to be visiting Uvalde this weekend. Yes, uh, obviously just the the gruesome nature of this shooting at least motivates people to take action uh, in some capacity. Again, the, the legislative outlook would be very, very narrow, uh, but politically it's something that demands a response. So you see the president preparing to go to Uvalde. Uh, you see Texas Governor Greg Abbott sort of partially pulling out of that NRA annual meeting. He's still supposed to do a, 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 a virtual, a, a video uh, discussion, but the report from the Dallas Morning News was, it, was that he was not going to attend in person anymore. Uh, so it's it's a you know it's a very partisan issue where at least at face value. For the idea of Second Amendment rights, Republicans are not wholeheartedly backing down, uh, but there there is motivation to do something. It's just that right now, at least in Congress, the discussion is about something uh, very limited that could actually get bipartisan support. And just for interest of transparency, we should note that Michael Bloomberg, founder and majority owner of the parent company of this operation, Bloomberg LP, uh, does donate to groups that support gun control, including Every Town for Gun Safety. Let's turn now, Jack, to another potential uh, friction point, I think it's probably safe to say, between the U.S. and China now with this report uh, from Bloomberg News that uh, economic talks could be starting pretty soon between the U.S. and Taiwan. Yes, uh, that obviously is done with an eye toward China. Uh, these economic talks between the U.S. and Taiwan would fall short of a free trade agreement. It's not something that uh, that the White House would have to go to Congress to for approval. It is, is sort of in line with the Indo-Pacific economic framework that uh, President Biden has announced and worked with uh, other Asian countries on. This is separate from that, at least in part, because some of those other countries were concerned about the message it would send, uh, sort of alienating China to involve Taiwan in this. The U.S. clearly is not uh, quite as concerned about uh, about sort of negative repercussions from China. Uh, and it's part of a, a broader attempt to, uh, at least in some limited way through executive actions, um, sort of align the U.S. with Asian countries other than China more than what has done in the past. This this would be a sort of supply chain uh, resilience measures, uh, trade measures that aren't quite uh, up to the standard of a, a trade agreement that would guarantee market access. It would be much more limited than a true trade agreement, but still a, a framework discussion with Taiwan. And finally, Jack, we're heading into Memorial Day weekend here, the uh, unofficial start of summer driving season. It looks like the Biden administration is making a new move to try to tamp down these uh, sky-high gas prices we're dealing with right now. Yes, uh, so the Biden administration is uh, contacting people in the oil industry to discuss uh, the parameters of what might happen regarding restarting uh, oil refineries that had closed down. It's not a formal request, but according to our colleague Ari Natter, who has reported on this, uh, the National Economic Council has had people uh, inquiring to the industry about what kind of factors 
sectors led to refineries closing? Uh, what might help restart that and, and increase the capacity for them to, uh, to, to refine oil? It's part of a, a bit of a patchwork approach by the president and Democrats to try to have some sort of action regarding oil prices. It's been difficult. They, they've stalled a bit on a price gouging measure that was supposed to, uh, sort of, uh, focus on gas prices and other increasing prices, uh, but it's at least a, a sign of activity from the White House as they know they have to be seen taking some sort of action and, and, and I guess, hustling, mm-hmm. uh, at least in some way, on gas prices. Yeah, I can't take a holiday with uh, the average right around 460 a gallon, uh, according to AAA, as of Wednesday. Jack Fitzpatrick, Bloomberg Government, as always, thanks for this. And you can read more about all these stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder, follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, D.C. Tune into Bloomberg 99.1, 105.7 FM, HD2. Futures moving higher on this Friday before the holiday weekend. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Haker, and this is Bloomberg The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.